Hello and welcome to our series, Revelation Expectations. This is episode 23 and we are in Revelation chapter 19. We are your hosts, Apostle Charles Wright and Dr. Stephanie Wright. In today's presentation, we are going into battle at Armageddon. But before the battle begins, we will see rejoicing by all the heavenly host because victory is God's and the war is over before it's begun. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and we hope you enjoy it too. Join us as we ride with Jesus in Showdown at Armageddon, the title of today's presentation. I will be reading from Revelation 19, verses 1, 2, and 3. Verse 1. And after these things, this is John talking, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Verse 2. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, referred here as Babylon, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Verse three. And again, they said, hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. After these things refers to what is spoken of in Revelation chapter 18, verses 21 through 24. Then John hears the praises of much people in verse 2. They are celebrating, for now it is time for heaven to rejoice in praise to God, because he has judged Babylon and avenged his servants. We can also think about this, that at this point, we see the finality of Babylon's revealed doom. It stated there that following praises more than once, it follows that um, there was smoke that rose up forever and ever out of this great city of Babylon. Uh, it's believed by some that even with the infighting, because there were 10 other kings who were struggling, with the infighting and the potential of civil war, it would help to complete and bring down Babylon forever. I do believe the devil fights among themselves sometimes. So that is a reason you can also praise. You don't have to worry about destroying Babylon. God is going to make sure that it destroys itself with his help. And the four and 20 elders and the four beasts, which may be referred to as creatures, fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne saying, here we see it again, hallelujah, the praise towards God. We first heard of the 24 elders in chapter four. They appear 12 times in Revelation. This appears to be the last time we hear them. They are there to worship God. They fell down and worshiped him. And you can read about these 24 elders in chapters four, five, seven, and 11, and of course, in today's chapter. Verse 5, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and you that fear him, both great and small. 
So whose voice is this? It's again referring to uh, those who were part of the thunderous praise that was taking place there beginning in verse 1. Uh, it also refers to servants, all ye servants. And for me and for us, it should be identified. These servants should be identified as the martyrs, those who were martyred. And also the seven churches who still, those who were in the seven churches that still did loyally uh, worship God. Also, these voices, these may include uh, the voices out of uh, uh, the servants, that is may include the angels and those who were under the altar, who were martyrs under the altar. And the servants, of course, the prophets, and also even the 144,000. These are all, even the angels themselves, are fellow servants. And whose voice is it that we hear that is coming out of the throne? We're not sure, but let's consider the four creatures mentioned in verse 4. A voice could be one of the four creatures like a lion, calf, man, and flying eagle. Those were the four creatures that were first mentioned in Revelation chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. They are described as having six wings all around in verse 6 and within in verse 8 of chapter 4. They do not rest day nor night and worship God always. They appear to be commanding others around them or near the throne to worship, as in verse 6, and as described by Apostle Charles. Okay, verse 6. John continues to say, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many, many waters, and as the voice of a mighty or thunderings, saying again, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. So you see this continuous praise taking place because of the fall of Babylon and its destruction and the smoke rising from there, because they are anticipating even great wonders that God is going to do. So they all together, all these people from every nation, kindred, peoples and tongues and all the fellow servants that we mentioned earlier, they are continuing to worship and praise God for what he's done and what he is about to do. And remember that reference of many waters, we heard about that in chapter 17, uh, 1 and seventeen fifteen. but that was a negative connotation in chapter 17 because it was referring to those under the influence of Babylon. But in this verse, in chapter uh, 19, verse 6, it is a positive connotation because those worshiping here are in heaven. They did not receive the mark of Antichrist and thus were not included in the destruction of Babylon. Reading the next three verses, let us be glad. This is verse seven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. Verse eight, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Verse nine, and he said to me, write, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So these verses describe the marriage between Jesus, the Lamb, and the church, the bride of Christ or his wife. Here are a few of the many other scriptures that talk about this marriage union. 
Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 through 27 and 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. But Matthew 25, 1 through 13 is the most well-known illustration of this marriage. It is the parable of the ten virgins, five of whom were ready to meet the bridegroom and five who were not. Are you going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb? Are you going to be arrayed in God's fine linen of righteousness? If not, now is a good time to ask Jesus to come into your heart and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Then you will be ready for his marriage supper. Then stay ready because he is coming for his bride. And if you will stay ready, then you can join in with this same group of thunderous praise in heaven. Because it tells us there in verse seven, let us, that is the entire bride kingdom of heaven or in heaven. Why? Because they are victorious and they overcome, even if through the violence of spiritual warfare. Therefore, let's stay ready with our spiritual warfare and cleanse and clothe in garments of praise and worship as being ready like the five wise virgins filling their lamps with oil. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. That is John falling at the feet of the angel who was talking with him. And then John goes on to say, and he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we see here that this angel is letting John know I'm not the one that you're supposed to give accolades to because it's not my prophecy. I'm a fellow servant as well. I worship God like a brother to you and with you. So we see some things happening here that relate to showing that even the angels worship the Lord God. Why don't you? So this is the first of two times that John fell down and worshiped an angel. The second time is going to be in Revelation 22, 8 through 9. Uh, we will dis we will discuss that when we get to that particular chapter. Verses 11, 12, and 13. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. Verse 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Ah, if you remember earlier in uh, our earlier episodes, we were talking about the identity of Jesus. I believe it was in chapter one or, or chapter two. You need to go back and look at it because it refers to his eyes as a flame of fire and having many crowns, of course, and his name that's written, no man knew but himself. But especially when he saw heaven open, John said that he was on a white horse and he's called faithful and true. That's in the earlier versions of his revelation as well. Verse 13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Revelation 19, 11 through 16 are my favorite verses in this book, if not in the entire Bible. I want to shout when I read it. I almost get a Holy Ghost high when I read it. These verses don't need a lot of explanation because they are so vivid. They come to life. 
you see Jesus breaking out of heaven on his white horse, ready to make war. This is Armageddon. Consider the final battle, although there is one more battle, and we will discuss that in chapter 20. The best part about this is those of us who have received Jesus as Savior and Lord will ride with him clothed in fine linen, our righteousness. That's verse 14. So stay ready. It's going to happen. Verse 15, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. Remember earlier in an episode, one of the first two chapters, it said that John saw him and out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. And then, of course, we're going into the development of the wine press of the fierceness of the wrath of God. Verse 16, and he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now back to verse 15, we do not do battle, only Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We do not shed any blood, only Jesus with his sharp sword. The final verse 21 gives some support for this. While some will be annihilated, completely wiped out within the nations, the nations are not annihilated, but are brought under his control as we shall see in Revelation 20. All of the nations are not annihilated. They are not annihilated because we would have no one to, quote, rule with a rod of iron, end quote, if they were. What we see is God prevailing over evil, good prevailing over evil. What is more evident is the Lamb continues to give others the opportunity to turn to God and salvation through him. We covered the treading of the winepress in chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. It emphasizes the depth of God's judgment. Blood, not wine, flowed from this winepress. So much blood, it was as high as a horse's bridle and was the distance of about 200 miles. Verse 17, and I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. Verse 18, that you may eat the flesh of the kings and the flesh of the captains, the flesh of the mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Before the battle begins, the angel is already summoning the fowls of the air to come and get ready and devour the remains of God's enemy. It's over before it's begun. So we see the wrath and the blood shed that we believe is referring to the Valley of Jezreel or Armageddon. And we see this taking place. And look and notice that this is a different kind of feast. Earlier, we read about the feast of the lamb. Now we're reading about the feast of possibly vultures. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse 
and against his army. Here we have the Antichrist, the beast, leading the kings of the earth. We studied about these kings of the earth in Revelation 17 and 18. And their armies to make war at Armageddon against Jesus on his mighty stallion. I don't know if it's a stallion. I just thought I would throw that in. But how stupid are they to think they can prevail against Jesus? Verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, that is the beast, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, Antichrist, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Apparently, this battle didn't last long because we skip right to verse 20, saying the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. We study the false prophet in Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 15, and Revelation chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. The one who did the phony miracles trying to imitate Christ and deceived people to take the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, and killed those who did not take the mark. The false prophet and the Antichrist get their first dose of God's justice here, but the final dose will be delivered in Revelation chapter 20. Verse 21, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Everyone else who followed Antichrist and the false prophet are slain with the sword. We see that in verse 15. Next time we will move into Revelation chapter 20 and see Jesus set up his millennial kingdom where he will rule the nations, which we refer to in Revelation 19.15. Until next time, may God's power, peace, and protection be yours and be ready and stay ready when Jesus comes. Thank you for joining us. See you next time. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast where all episodes are available by category and series format. You may also view these episodes on our YouTube channel, the symbol at CG Missions, Inc. or INC. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.